This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm graced with the presence of my man, Sterling Holmes. How are you today, Sterling? Doing well, man. It's beautiful outside. It's gorgeous. How how beautiful is it there? Is it beautiful and hot there? Because that's what it is here. Steamy. Very steamy. I took the doors off the Jeep. That kind of steamy. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's like a good feeling. That's like windows down and... Doors off. Not just windows down. Doors oh, down. Oh, it's like you're, you're exposed. Oh, yeah. If I get hit by a car, I'm, I'm, I'm toast, dude. If some car decides to T-bone me, I am warm, buttery toast. Dude, you've been, you've been sweaty about a few things lately, including like you still have draft fever. Like after a week, you, you still have like Kansas City Chiefs draft fever. I can't get over it, man. I can't shake it. I'm, I have a fever that only the Chiefs draft and cowbell can satisfy. I'm just so excited that the Chiefs are getting so much more physical, more athletic, and every single player. Okay. The majority of the players that I'm looking at that the Chiefs drafted, I can find a thing or two that I'm like, they're going to make an immediate impact, or this is a way that they can see the field early on. This is something they do that it was currently missing on this Chiefs roster. It's exciting when it feels like there were question marks about certain situations or areas, and you see the draft happen. And sure, they've not played a snap yet, but on paper, it, what we think is going to happen, the potential, it just looks so promising as if they just nailed those holes. It's it's crazy to me how we were talking about the team just a couple weeks ago. And then the way that we're talking about the team now. Look, I, I got to say this. In the words of the wise Eastern philosopher, C. Aguilera, if it makes you that much stronger, if it makes you work a little bit harder, if it makes you that much wiser, thanks for making Brett Veach a fighter. Thank you, Christina Aguilera, for that. That really didn't work. I tried. I thought I'd work in a Christina Aguilera joke, and it just didn't work. Brutal. Folks, we're at the top of the podcast. <laughs> Just want to say welcome to all of you. We jumped into the Chiefs already, but if you're listening, hanging out with us, we are thrilled to have you. It's always good to be back here on Tuesdays with Sterling. I know you're excited about the team, but you uh, you told me you had a wedding that you just went to, too. Were they rocking Christina Aguilera there? Um, no, surprisingly no Christina Aguilera, but it was a great wedding back, in, uh, back at Mizzou where I went to college. Uh, Harpo's floors, still sticky. Don't worry about that, guys. The floors are still sticky as ever. And I got to try Malort's. If you've never had Malort's, I highly recommend that it stays that way. The label, the guy who created the drink, says only one in 49 will enjoy this. He was right. I was not part of the the one in the 49. I was part of the 48. It was horrendous, but Mizzou oh, was fantastic. For us who don't know what you're talking about, what do we know what a like what it's is like, a Malort's? Can you even describe it, or is it just you got to be there to know what you're talking about? Thing. It's a it's not a Mizzou thing. It's a Swedish thing. It's a like the Swedish chef, like a bort bort bort. No, dude, dude. I, you know what? Just for me, Matt. You go to Malort's, okay? You try this bad boy. You order it some. A, it's a fifth. It's a it's wormwood. In a basque, uh, it's it's just just bad. Yeah, during almost sixty years of American distribution, we found only one out of forty nine men will drink Malort's. 
Uh, it's strong, sharp taste is not for everyone. Our liquor is rugged, unrelenting, even brutal to the palate. The taste lingers and lasts seemingly forever. The first shot is hard to swallow, persevere. And that's the label. That's what the dude that created this came up with. Leave it to the, who was it, the Swedes? Yeah, leave it to the Swedish people. Don't we have a Swedish listener? Listener, He has to know what we're talking about. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's how they end up naming everything. Have you ever been to Ikea? Right? I mean, it's like, is that a dresser or is that a Vlumstort? I, I don't know. Right? Maybe that's it. Mike from Mike Sweden. Mike from Sweden. Come on, Mike from Sweden. We need you here. This, this is, is literally your wheelhouse right now. You know, the good news is our sponsor, yeah. more, than, more than one in 49 <laughs> like it. Uh, I believe 49 and 49 like it. That's according to a study done by me. Uh, the Arrowhead Attic Podcast brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. Casey Beer Co. is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. And they're only brewery in KC to focus on German beer styles. They have brewed their beer according to the German purity law of 1516, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. Uh, I am drinking a Baltic Porter. It is absolutely phenomenal. I cannot recommend KC Beer Company enough. For as bad as Malort's is, KC Beer Company is the uh, is the other way. It's fantastic. It, balance, it balances out the scales, huh? I like it. <laughs> I like it. Hey, well, we jumped in pretty early with the Chiefs. I know you're still excited about the uh, about the draft. Are you thinking anything different now about the draft that you weren't like the last time we talked? The only thing I still have some concerns would be the lack of of guys at edge. But at the same time, on the flip side, I guess you could say that I'm excited that they did not reach. They didn't force to find a positional guide because, like, we need edge. Let's draft a dude 20 spots before we should. Uh, I think there is some hope that Leo Chanel is so athletic. He's an athletic specimen. They can roll him out at edge in certain situations. The versatility of this team is going to be incredible. I mean, if you want to see Golden State Warriors in football, like, you know, when they had Draymond Green at the five, you had – Kevin Durant at the four, like, you know, when they have just that, the death lineup, that's what it feels like you can do with this chief's defense, right? There's so many ways to use these players in different roles and Spags, like we know, likes to get creative. He likes to try and get in the, in the QB's mind, see something they've never seen before. If they are a rookie quarterback going up against this chief's defense, it is going to be hell. It is going to be brutal for those guys. Man, I I would love to think so. I want to have some restraint on my expectations in their rookie year. Like I oh, love, sure. what, I love what this means for next year. I love what this means for you know year three. Like this is going to be great. And adding ten more picks next year. I mean, even if they use like let's say eight. I mean, it's it's awesome. <laughs> I just love thinking about the foundation that Brett Veach is laying here. You you mentioned the lack of edge rusher. I just want to chase this down. I, I know that maybe this wasn't on our agenda for today, but the idea of of maybe they didn't go anywhere but George Karloftis. Do you think that maybe speaks to what they know that we don't about Joshua Kendo or about, remember there's a guy, Malik Herring, who was a holdover from last year. He was stashed on injured reserve. Do you think that maybe one of these younger guys who've been around that's a known quantity um, is showing them signs of, you know what, the fans haven't seen it yet, so they don't know, but when they do, they're going to realize why we didn't make a further move. I, I, I will believe it when I see it. Sure. That, that's where I'm at, on edge especially. Almost any other position, right? I, I, I give the, the Chiefs, Brett Veach, the benefit of the doubt. But until I see it at edge, I'm going to pump the brakes just a little bit. 
I, I think George K filled a, a big hole. I think we're, we're going to touch on him in just a little bit because I, I think what he brings is day one, he will be ready to make an impact or game one, I should say, ready to make an impact. But when it comes to like Joshua Kando and those guys, until I see those developmental prospects hit, I, I just have to pump the brakes. It's the one spot that's been Brett Veach's bugaboo. Well, let, let's get into this. So the Chiefs, uh, in case you're just catching up, the Chiefs had rookie minicamp from May 7th through the 9th, which was yesterday. Three days where really it's everything from rookies getting fitted for equipment, um, maybe for their physicals. It's meeting the coaching staff, meeting each other. And then it's a lot of meetings in general. And then take to the field to try to apply it, then back to more positional meetings. And then back to the field to see how that works. And really it's all about how much can the rookies absorb, um, how much can they take instruction and then try to apply that on the field. The coaches are really trying to cram everything into this funnel just to see how ready the rookies are to take on the mentality, the workload, the coachability. That's not really a word I know, but um, of what it takes to be a pro. And some guys do it really well and some guys are not going to take to that really well. But some of the rookie minicamp takeaways that we've seen, uh, Sterling, I just want to read this because you were talking about George Karloftis. Here's Andy Reid on George Karloftis. I'd love to get just your take on this and and what you think, given the whole edge position. How does this strike you? Reid Reed says this. Yeah, he goes 100 miles an hour, walkthroughs, everything. We had to slow him down. But I'll tell you, it looks like he's got a nice feel for the game. We put some fire zones in yesterday, and he moves around well when he's in space. He's got good hands, it looks like, but that motor is probably a thing that jumps out at you. He goes and goes. Then he even says, you got, you've got, got to, at a point, think of the other guys. If you're going at that tempo and everyone else is doing a walkthrough, you're going to get someone hurt, and it might be you. So go at the tempo we give you. There's going to be plenty of time to go fast. He'll get that up at training camp where he can go 100 miles an hour. I read that and think, yes, baby, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Dude's ready. Think? I'm stoked, man. That's what you want. You don't want a guy who's lollygagging and going through the motions. Sure, you want him to pump the brakes a little bit as far as getting dudes or himself injured, but you'd much rather have it be this way than the opposite. This is a guy who wants to make an impact early, who wants to show some dominance, right? This is a power guy. This is a guy who I think PFF loved him, but other people have said, you know, George K, why did they draft him? He's a very low ceiling. He is who he is. And, and I think he's got some stuff to prove. And I, you can say about any player, I always hate the chip on the shoulder um, moniker. I think it's always stupid because if you went first overall, you're like, well, I'm going to show people why I was drafted first. If you went second, you go, well, I want to show people why I was drafted first or should have been first <laughs> instead of saying, you know, the, the list goes on and on, right? So yeah. not saying chip on the shoulder, but I do think he's out saying like, I'm a physical dude. I want to make my presence felt. I'm drafted to be a day one, game one starter. And I want to show them what I have. I want to show them that I have more than just being a power guy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. 
Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I'm all in on George Karloftis. Like, I am fully entrenched that he is the guy that gets, if I had to pick one guy who starts the most snaps at edge, it's him. I think he gets more than Frank Clark. If Ingram, if uh, Melvin Ingram comes, I think Karloftis gets more than him. I, I truly believe Karloftis ends up this year with the most snaps at edge. I I, uh, I agree. I love what you're saying. I think he's going to be reliable, and and um, you know we all know that Frank Clark can't carry something like Correct. that. I love. Here's what I love about that quote because it, it just you know in in general reporters Andy Reid even his teammates came away like impressed with what Karloftis had to bring. Right. And there's a sense if you want your first round edge guy, you want him to kind of look like a man among boys at rookie yeah. minicamp. You want him to look like, Oh yeah, he's, he's here to start. So some of us here are just competing, trying to prove we belong in the pros. This guy's going to be starting alongside them. Like you want him to look at that extra level, but not only do I love that, I love the fact that like, you know, some of these guys who are newer, their agents are probably telling them, you go 100 miles an hour no matter what's going on. You make them notice you, you turn their heads, you show up early, you stay late, you, like like that kind of extra. And here the guy doing all the extra is the one guy who's guaranteed the most everything. Yeah. And he's playing like some scrappy D2 guy who's trying to show everyone how much he belongs. So I know, like, I agree with you. I hate sports cliches in general, and it is totally overdone, the chip on the shoulder thing. But there's some drive here. You know, I'm just old, you know, I'm old enough to remember when, when Tamba was taken in the first round and he had his detractors. But one thing everyone loved about Tamba was the motor. They're like, the motor never stops, right? Until the whistle plays from first down, all, like, it doesn't matter. He just, he's always going. And I think maybe there's a, there's that, dog in the fight, so to speak, in Karloftis. And I I don't know how fans are going to be able to resist like falling for this guy who, who never says die. It's almost what Frank Clark was his first couple years maybe here, that, that playoff run when the motor was just incredible, did not give up. The past year and a half, it felt like that motor gave out. Looked yeah. like my Jeep out there, right? You're having some engine issues. <laughs> <laughs> the converter went out. Like, that that's what it felt like with Frank Clark. And maybe it's an age, maybe it was couldn't stay healthy situation, but it's that motor that does not quit. It seems like George Karloftis is going to have a motor that does not quit. Uh, really quickly, we're seeing a lot of comments as far as some veteran signings. I want to touch on this. Um, when it comes to Jadavion Clowney, a lot of the people that I have talked to that are much more in the know than myself have basically said Clowney's not coming to Kansas City. Don't know why. They don't know the reason, but for some reason it's uh they're just never gonna do Jadavian Clowney. They've had opportunities obviously in the past and just for some reason there's there's something there. Uh don't know why. They don't know why. They couldn't tell me why, but they just said that was Something to keep in mind. So I would love to Dave and Clowney too, at least on paper. It makes a lot of sense for Kansas City. But everything that I have heard uh, screams that's not going to happen. But let's not forget that Melvin Ingram is still there, that the Chiefs applied a tender on him that at least gives them a comp pick. Also, there's the possibility, and maybe even some of the names here in the comments are insinuating this, 
There is the possibility of upgrading the interior next to Chris Jones or behind Chris Jones with a guy. Um, John F. asks about what about Larry Ogunjobi, um, who actually signed with the Chicago Bears. Remember, Ogunjobi played against the Chiefs really well with the Bengals, had a good run last year, great season last year. He signed with the Bears and then failed his physical, and then they didn't retry that deal. So he's still floating out there. Speaking of the Bears, Akeem Hicks, also Bears, mm. still out there. The Chiefs have depth at that position, but they don't have the ceiling. Um, it's it's the same thing at cornerback. You have these positions that are stocked, but there's still also room to improve. And so if the Chiefs wanted to get deeper there, they could do that. Um, if Edge is proving elusive, like if Ingram doesn't want to come or they don't like Clowney or some of the other options there, really all across the front. Do you want to see them make a move there? Is it is it? Just curious kind of what you're hoping for before the season starts. Uh, Ogan Joby would be nice, at least on paper. I'm not 100% sure the physical situation. It does seem a little interesting that they didn't at least try to get something done after that as far as a, a restructure, less money, less guaranteed money. It would have to come down to the Chiefs would have to obviously clear everything. Brett Veach, I love his thoughts on that, basically saying, I'm not a doctor. If, if, the, if the doctors clear them, that's good enough for me. Uh, same situation with Justin Ross, with Trey Smith. So we'll see. This isn't a massive area of need for me. I think edge is way more pressing. I think the interior you can make do. I think Chris Jones is still a phenomenal, um, obviously, guy to have there. He's not Aaron Donald. He might not be DeForest Buckner, but Chris Jones is a very good interior pass rusher. I like some of the other depth pieces there. We saw what happened last year with Jaron Reed when they tried to go out and get the bigger name interior defense alignment. Didn't work out. Not saying that because it didn't work out once, it won't work out again in the future. I I just think, to me personally, Edge would have much more value on this team, much more emphasis on making this defense align better than it would on the interior. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with you. It'll just be interesting. It's going to be a massive letdown if Melvin Ingram either decides to walk away from the game or sign with someone else. And I think there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing at that point. So I like to think about what the other options are there in case not. But Also, George Kalafis could play inside too, which again would make the the edge – (laughs) <laughs> a little thin, but there was talks that he could be very, very versatile playing both edge and interior because he is so strong. Love it. Love it. Maybe all we need to do is release every player and just play George Karloftis up front, like one on five, and just see what we get. Like just 100 miles an hour. I want to move on with a few more mini camp takeaways because, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Tyree Matthew. He's now gone. New Orleans Saints, he got his money. So good for him. We've talked all that out. But then what I love here, Trent McDuffie, the first of two first round picks by the Chiefs, he like other people have made that comparison that he's a playmaker. He's a smaller player who plays bigger and doesn't let you think about his size. He just he gets the plays done and you're like, well, who cares how tall he is? Because it's Tyron Matthew. It's the same thing with McDuffie. And McDuffie, even at minicamp, was the one saying, he goes, Hey, you guys know Tyron Matthew. That's me. So like, do we just lose one Tyron Matthew only to bring in another one? I love the moxie on this guy. He's like, look, I'll make the comparison for you. You don't, I don't, you don't have to do it. I'll do it myself. Hopefully it wasn't last year's Tyron Matthew, though. Hopefully yeah, it no, wasn't the, the hand-throwing Tyron No business Matthew. decisions, Matthew. Yeah, no, no Tyron business decisions in his third year, Matthew. Long middle name, very weird. Uh, <laughs> no, I like Trent McDuffie. Obviously, Washington has shown they can produce – 
at least early on NFL cornerbacks, right? The height is an issue. The, the arm length is an issue, but everything else he tests out grades out very, very well at I'm with you. It's one of those situations where it's like, sure, he might not be the biggest guy, but if you do everything else well, it might not matter. Um, from all accounts, he's a solid tackler. He can get in there. He can be versatile. This kind of goes to the point. The Chiefs are trying to get more athletic. They're trying to become more physical. Even if it's not tall, he's a physical guy. They're they're just more speed. I like the moxie. I want to wait and see because Tyron Matthew may have been the best free agent signing in Chiefs history for those three seasons, right? Like that was just incredible. But you got to at least like the the attitude when you say, when he says something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I don't know how well you you remember. And it wasn't that long ago, but like there was a point when Marcus Peters, forget the drama, forget the drama, if you can. If you could divorce Marcus from the the personality that turned people off or the or the on-field antics that would drive people crazy or the what like and then later on people were like oh he's just being opportunistic there was a good stretch in year 1 and year 2 especially where like where Marcus turned games around on his own like oh hell yeah like like was single-handedly going no I'm going to get the I'm going to give the offense the ball back myself and force something to happen because he had that elite play we're drawing some we're drawing some li- lines here because they both went to Washington. It was the last first round investment at corner for the Chiefs. Like I don't think it's a huge stretch. Like they don't they're not entirely similar. However, the idea that if you add a playmaker on this level with great instincts in the secondary, a guy like McDuffie could turn into the kind of guy where we look back and go, "Boy, there were a couple games this year where McDuffie like kind of turned things around himself." Um, yeah. and, and if he's talking in this way, I, yeah, I just will never forget the emotion of watching Marcus Peters thinking we're never out of it because like he can give it like if, if the Chiefs turn the ball over, you always thought, well, maybe Marcus will get it back. Yeah. And that's crazy to say about a defender. It's crazy. So, you know, certainly we're hoping for that, but, um, yeah, anyway, other people I are love saying Marcus Peters, dude. I freaking love Marcus Peters. So you, you you'll 100% get me uh okay, get good. me hyped saying that. Yeah. I, I know some people like really got kind of got over him, but I'm glad to see even some of the commenters are saying the same thing. Peters was a turnover machine. Peters on the field was locked down. Yeah, so this is great. One more thing, Justin Ross. I just want to ask your opinion here. There is a tremendous amount of hype, buzz, excitement around the Justin Ross signing. Then in uh, training camp, you know, he, Andy Reid said he had to knock a lot of the rust off. It's not like he was like a standout performer at training camp or at rookie mini camp. You know, he's like he's learning like most people, and it's hard to stand out really when there's not much that activity. What like what are you believing about? Like, if I were to take your temperature about Justin Ross making this Chiefs team this year, or even making an impact, I like what are your takes there? Closer to my Josh Gordon take last year, Josh Gordon didn't didn't anything else. I I like the, the pick, right? I I'm, I'm excited for the potential. And if he can garner any of the, what he did his freshman year, but he's had major injuries, not just the spinal injury, but uh, his foot. I mean, that's a big deal for a wide receiver. There's a reason why he was undrafted. There's a reason. I'm excited. The value's there. I don't think he makes the team this year. Uh, I mean, he might if, you know, Josh Gordon just does not improve at all. 
Um, again, sorry, pick, signing, undrafted. You get what I'm saying here. Yeah. I, I just I just don't see him because he's not going to play special teams because of the spinal injury. I'd be shocked if he played special teams, although he was trying to do some punt returns in the rookie training camp, right? So who knows? I would just be shocked if they had a guy with that medical history on special teams. And if you're fighting for that four, five, six wide receiver spot, that seems difficult to crack if you're not going to be playing special teams. John F., LOL, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I know you're messing with me. And then as far as the only thing that could work in his favor, the amount of defensive backs the Chiefs signed or drafted both, right? Maybe those are your special teamers, and that allows Justin Ross to not have to play if he were to crack the roster. Hey, let me – so – let me bring this up because I um, – and then in a minute we're going to announce the giveaway for the Mahomes jersey. But you just brought up cornerback, and I I, th- I think this is a a, a real kind of uh, – there are two major ways to take us. And so I want to ask you what you would do to James Bradbury or not to James Bradbury. In case you missed the news, the New York Giants, after several weeks of trying to find a trade suitor, finally admitted defeat after the draft. They set James Bradbury free. Um, he certainly is, is has enough experience to not be a waiver claim. He's going to be a free agent. Anyone can sign him. Um, and the Chiefs have been linked to him for a long time. Remember at one point, NFL reporter Aaron Wilson said there were like actual trade discussions being had over like what the terms would be, right? So the Chiefs have some cap space. Do The Chiefs could have a need at cornerback, depending on how you view it. My question to you is, would you sign James Bradbury at this hour? Depending on the contract situation, 100%. With him being cut, this was best case scenario. This is the, I think, only way he was going to come to Kansas City. The Chiefs were not going to trade and bring on that that. That contract, they just weren't going to do it. Too large of a cap hit, right? This opens up the door. The only issue is if you're James Bradbury, would you want to come here? There's a lot of new guys, young guys in the secondary. It's somewhat going against the whole premise of what this offseason has been for Brett Veach, which is getting younger, more athletic. James Bradbury is very good. He's very good. If it's just in a vacuum, I'm saying, yes, the Chiefs should should take a look. The Chiefs should sign him. He automatically would be a starter, right? 100% him, McDuffie, Legeria, Sneed. What's not to like about that? Rashad Fenton moves to your death piece. I just don't know if Bradbury would either, A, want to come here because of all the young pieces, two, if there's too much money involved, or three, if the Chiefs are just saying, this is a philosophical change we're doing where we're getting younger and more cost controlled. I, I just don't know if there's so many obstacles that that this won't happen. Although, again, if I'm playing Madden, 100% bring me James Bradbury. <laughs> if I'm playing Madden. I, I um, Personally, I love it. And personally, I think I'd, I'd even be willing to pay a little bit more than maybe some other people would. Everyone, besides Legereus Sneed, everyone has a question mark, right? Rashawn Fenton, we learned he's got a shoulder injury. They're yeah. saying we hope he's good by training camp, okay? McDuffie, he can talk about being Tyree Matthew all you want. He's never played a snap of professional football in his life, right? So you have those issues there. Then the Chiefs picked three more guys in the draft. So you could say, oh, look at all the guys. But every one of those guys was a project chosen on day three, and two of those guys were seventh-round picks. So no way am I going, oh, they took Jalen Watson. I don't need James Bradbury. Or, oh, they took uh, oh, they took Nazi Johnson. I don't need James Bradbury. Okay, but Joshua but- Williams in the fourth. 
That, right? That's definitely a guy. A Fayetteville State prospect who's going to need a lot of time. Right? Sure. I'm not saying it's not possible for them to pony up. I'm saying, and I even and I even get the other side. But here's what I love about Bradbury, right? Get this. Bradbury's missed two games in the last half decade. So mm-hmm. already I'm like, love that reliability in a secondary that has a lot of new faces in question. Also, though, Legereus Need went to Louisiana Tech, by the way. So it's if we're using a small college fourth rounder. I, I totally get it. I, I get it. I get it. And I can even make that point too. But I would say this. Bradbury doesn't miss games. Bradbury is also like 6'1 and like 215. Like that dude's a thick corner. He's going to play the run really well. He's going to hold up really well. He can hang with your bigger receivers. The guy made a Pro Bowl just a year ago, and then last year played for a miserable Giants defense that could never get off the field because it's Daniel Jones quarterbacking on the other side, right? So I, I'm, I'm all in on Bradbury's talent. Yeah. I, will, I will say this. I will say this. You just said, here's the other way the Chiefs can play it. The Chiefs have all these young guys. Why, if, if I'm fighting with myself, I say this. Why are you trying to make a signing in May when you don't know what your real needs will be until September. Like you have a trade deadline for this reason, right? So why spend money now when you maybe have options and maybe it won't be a... Remember two years ago, we were all freaking out about cornerback before Legereus Seed ever took the field. We were like, who do they have at cornerback? Rashad Fenton had not turned the corner. Legereus Sneed had not played a game. It looked like Bashad Breland and the pretenders out there um, in the secondary. Then they start playing, and then Fenton looks, we're like, where the hell did Rashad Fenton come from? Legereus Sneed plays week one and looks amazing. You had Charverius Ward suddenly turning into his own. It, it, and then we were like, oh, cornerback's not an issue at all. So I guess on the one hand, this is why I'm actually confused about Brad Berry, because yeah. I love Bradbury as a player, and I think there's questions for the Chiefs. But then I'm also thinking, but you don't have to answer all those questions right now. So I, I don't know. Yeah. You, you say you would at the right price right now, no matter what. 100%. Yeah, at okay. the right price. I, again, I'm not saying what I would do. It just, from my idea of what the Chiefs have been doing this entire offseason, it feels unlikely just because – They've seemingly wanted to get younger, more cost-controlled, cheaper, more athletic. Bradbury is very, very good. I, I really like James Bradbury in a nutshell. But he's also going to be 29 shortly. And at that age for a cornerback, that can become a dangerous game. Yeah. Well, folks, we, we want to announce um, for the last month or so, we've been giving away a Patrick Mahomes jersey or sponsoring a giveaway. And today we are announcing on the air, Sterling, you are going to do the unveiling honors. Oh, I don't know about that. It was I ta- am. I'm tasking this to you. I'm broadcasting it through my headset. You're wearing the green dot on this podcast. Yeah. Why don't you tell us who our winner is, or do you need me to do it? No, I found it. Thank you. I got confused for a second. For a second, I thought it was Michael Jordan, you know, oh. Michael Jordan, the the former uh, White Sox minor league baseball player. Uh, is but it it's Michael actually, Jordan? It's actually Rick Jordan. Rick, Rick Jordan. Jordan. Congratulations, Rick. Good yeah. for him. Rick, we don't know who you are, but, but we think this is, uh, yeah, congrats to you. Does he want to give it to me? Does he? It's one of those situations, you know, when you go to a charity event and they're like, you, you, you pay the money, like, no, we're giving it back to you. We're giving it back. Maybe do they want to do it. that and give me the jersey back? That seems like a, a pretty cool thing for Rick to do. Do you have Mahomes jersey already? I don't. I have Nick Bolton and Priest Holmes. Okay. I have Ty Law and Ty Law. I have two Ty Law jerseys. I've said this. <laughs> I'll say this. I have Mahomes hair. 
I have a wig around here somewhere with a Mahomes headband and hair. Um, and then I've got like other Mahomes paraphernalia, but I could use that jersey. So maybe if Rick Jordan wants to um, wants to say, you know, cozy up to one of us, we know what to do. I love the must be present to win. Draw another name. That's <laughs> phenomenal. That's phenomenal. One of my good favorite one. comments I think I've ever seen. Very good, Keith. That's good. That's good. Well, with sorry, Rick Jordan, and right now we have one happy listener. And then, and then a thousand unhappy listeners. Sorry to all of you not named Rick Jordan. Um, but uh, but what if there's two Rick Jordans? Like, do we do we know which one? If there's multiple, it could be. It could be. It could be. It's maybe it's maybe it's Rick B Jordan. Um, yeah. like the act like the actor versus the uh, basketball player. So Sterling, we know we think the first two games of the NFL season for the Chiefs, right? Yep. If reports are correct, if reports are legitimate and correct, it seems like the Kansas City Chiefs will be packing up their equipment for week one to visit the Houston Texans, a powerhouse opener for the Chiefs on the road. I just need a second to take in how they're going to start the season this way. They're going to be facing the Houston Texans on the road. Then four days later, there's a real challenge, hosting the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night at Arrowhead in the home opener. Um... What do you think of this one-two punch to open the season? Any thoughts? I think the Chiefs are getting a very lucky first week, first game, and the NFL knows they want both the Chargers and Chiefs being 1-0 facing each other on that Thursday night game. Yep. Houston's not good. They were horrible last year. They will be horrible this year. Not a whole bunch of room for improvement. But the Chargers will be good. I think they're going to be the biggest Biggest chance to take down the Chiefs' AFC West throne, that's, that's going to be the Chargers. I don't think they do it, but I think they're the best. I mean, people have been saying this for, what, a decade now. It ain't yeah. happening, okay? Sorry, you can change quarterbacks. You can change head coaches. You can change cities. You're still going to find a way to choke. It's what you guys are known for. Sorry. That was good. That was a good run of, like. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's like you planned that. I, I, I did. I planned it. But. I think the NFL wants both teams being 1-0 facing each other. I like that they're getting a get-right game week one. Maybe you get George Karloftis feeling well. You get some of the young guys, Trent McDuffie, feeling well. You're not going up against Keenan Allen week one. You're not going up and facing against Justin Herbert week one. I like that. It gives you a little chance to get your feet wet. Uh, we are going up against Chris Conley week one. Oh, shoot. By the way, shoot. this is the... Who knew we'd get a Lonnie Johnson revenge game so fast? Mm. What in the world's going That's on? That's what the NFL was doing. Dude, wow. NFL knew. Oh, they traded for Lonnie Johnson. Get that rematch up post-haste. Uh, interestingly enough, it'll be Justin Reed. Two guys playing their first games for the Chiefs, and they'll actually be back at their old home stadium like like they never left, uh, except maybe they'll <laughs> leave happy for the first time in a long time. I find that crazy. <laughs> You'll find out who Justin Reed hated, right? Oh, You'll find out because he'll, he'll lay the wood a little, little harder against someone he didn't like in uh, in practice <laughs> or during the game. It'll be really funny to watch. By the way, I think we're gonna see. We'll see some other. I think Stephen Nelson. I'm pretty sure is playing corner for the Texans these days. Um, Eric Murray, remember the old Chiefs safety? I think he's starting for them. I think Tremont Smith, like the old kick returner corner taken. I think he's their return guy. There's a lot of like cross pollination there. So there'll be a lot of familiar faces. Uh, I'll say this: I I hate the Chiefs having to play the Chargers on Thursday night. I hate I hate all short weeks in the NFL. 
hate it. I hate anything just for the sake of a buck that puts players at a clear injury risk or health disadvantage. That said, I love the Chiefs playing it early and getting 10 days to then rest again before week three. Like, we don't know what week three is going to hold, but I love the fact that the Chiefs could get a little bit of a mini-buy here. I mean, if, if, I mean, if they can walk away with a home win over the Chargers, they'll be 2-0 and with 10 days to rest before moving on. And even if you lose, though, I, I'm never a, it's a must-win week, or this is a must-win game. Sure, Nothing sure. Again, I'm so over sports cliches, like the 110%, uh, whatever the one I said earlier that pisses me, chip on the shoulder, must win game week two. It can be an important game. It can have some implications, but it's never a must win game, right? It's not ideal, but you mentioned it. 10 days off early in the season, that can be helpful. There's two ways to look at it, right? It's always glass half full, glass half empty. If the Chiefs win, everyone's going to be sitting here saying, well, they now have 10 days off to rest, prepare, get ready. If they lose, we're all going to be sitting here saying, this is BS. They should have been playing on a Sunday. They shouldn't have to play on a short week. We'll see how the game happens, okay? Believe me. Believe me. (laughs) If they win or if they lose, I will have two drastically different opinions on this situation. (laughs) Uh, I do want to make an announcement very quickly. If you like the Arrowhead Addict podcast, please consider becoming a member of the AA family. Arrowhead Addict members get access to special emojis, loyalty badges they can use during our live YouTube streams. They can also get an invite to a private Discord where they can hang out with Matt Connor, myself. We talk football, movies, beer, music. Uh, we talk uh, We talk everything. It's books, uh, everything. But members also get invites to private events with the hosts, like virtual happy hours. Uh, check for the link about joining in the description of wherever you get this podcast. We do appreciate your support. Um, honestly, though, we couldn't do this without you guys, so appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking a little bit of a schedule. I just want to get your thoughts on, um, just in case uh, if you're listening and you don't know, this is NFL schedule week, um, which means we're going to hear a little bit more leaks. Some more games are going to be leaked. And then finally on Thursday night, there's going to be a big schedule reveal. Um, I'll actually be back here on Thursday night along with Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen. Uh, Maybe Sterling, I don't know if you're going to be here or not, but if you want to pop in, you can. What time? Sometime. Well, dude, I got to know. I have softball. I'm either hitting dingers and crushing beers or doing this. You know what? Maybe I'll just join live from from field one. Okay? Love it. Love it. Live rounding first base as I trip over my shoes and just (laughs) eat a whole bunch of dirt. We uh we will have three of us, if not four of us, here on Thursday night. Look out for details. We'll keep you posted. But we're gonna have uh we're gonna have a live stream while the schedule is being revealed, giving um our takes, insights, thoughts, taking questions, chatting with fans um about the Chiefs schedule. So stay tuned for that. That'll be Thursday night. We will forego a podcast at the normal time that Verderam and Patrick will be here. It'll be on a little bit later. I'm assuming it's around 7 o'clock p.m. Whenever the broadcast starts, we'll pick it up a few minutes before and and ride it all the way through. So look out for that. But I will say this, before the schedule is fully revealed, Sterling, do you have any hopes for the schedule? Do you have any fears about the schedule um, and in the way that things may play out for the Chiefs? Honestly, I, I don't care a ton because the Chiefs were first in the AFC West. They they won the division, which means they have to play all the one seeds. It's how it works at this point. Last year was great. It was the NFC East, a.k.a. the NFC least. Um, it is what it is. You know, 
there's a the NFL is such a good product for a reason. They make it, or at least they try to make it as fair as possible, have as much parity as possible. It's not ideal when every other team in the AFC West got so much better. But if the Chiefs have to play more playoff teams than any other team, so be it. It gets them prepared. It gets them ready. If you want to look at it, the glass half full. That's what the Chiefs need to do, and so I'm okay. Whatever comes their whatever comes their way, Andy and Patrick and Co can handle it. <laughs> Boy, that's such a sunny side up. I'll say this. The last two years, we've been blessed with a late bye week. I think what was like the bye week last year, I think was like week 12 or something. It was something similar in 2020. Uh, My hope, I think my biggest hope in the schedule reveal is that when they show the bye week, it's again in the second half of the season. Because if the Chiefs come up with like a week five bye, that can get really, really long really quickly on the back end. By the way, how's your dog? Yeah, it's good. You can see the arm just waving. You can't even see the dog. You just saw my arm look like an inflatable tube man right there. That's pretty amazing. It's like you're putting on a uh, like a puppet show for like a kid I can't see or something like that. Yeah. Also, the Thursday night football game, if you want to take the glass half full again, they get it out of the way early. You would be surprised if they had multiple Thursday night football games. So if you get the first one done, yeah. the no, bodies can- aren't beat to bleep yet. Right. So yeah. if you you're going to have a week, I think so, so. So that's now done. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, you might as well get it out of the way early. That's the perfect time to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I, you know, I think I'm with you. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people have a lot of different hopes or fears about the schedule, but I'd love to see us close with AFC West games. I mean, I, th- I think I, that's usually the way that works, but I'd love to see that happen. And then I'm hoping for a late round buy. And then and then pretty much that's it. I mean, we know. Look, here's the thing. Um, just in case you need a primer, these are the teams that will be visiting the Chiefs at home this year. These are the home games for the Chiefs. In addition to the Broncos, the Raiders, and Chargers, which we know, we're going to see Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. We're going to see Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks, and Ryan, I ain't no mentor, Tannehill, and the Tennessee Titans. We'll also get uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, so we'll get an up-close look at Trevor Lawrence for the first time. There are some games in there that are that should be pretty overwhelmingly in favor of the home team there. At the same time, we're also seeing Rams and Bills up close. Just to update you then on the road games, these are the games that are going to be the Chiefs will visit. Uh, you have Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. You have a potentially, of, yeah, yeah, potentially. <laughs> you have a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, except this time it's at Cincinnati. We have the aforementioned Houston Texans game. We will play Matt Ryan in Indianapolis with the Colts. Um, you have, is it Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo with the Trey Lance, baby. And then, of course, you have the never-aging Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That's on the road. So road games are looking actually pretty tough. You have the three divisional games, the Bucks, the Niners, the Cardinals, the Bengals, even the Colts. The Houston Texans are the only one that you're like, oh, yeah, that's like – that you know, I'm not even worried about that one at all. The home games are a little bit sweeter than that, but overall, when the schedule is revealed, it will probably look pretty tough front to back. Which, as you said, their first place team—that's as it should be. Yeah, you know, if it prepares them for the playoffs, that's all that truly matters. Uh, the one seed seems to be attainable, but very difficult. Buffalo. If you're if you're a Bills fan, you're sitting here right now, going, "Wow, the AFC West is going to beat up on each other while we get to play what the Jets and the Dolphins and a Mac Jones team." So, 
Don't be shocked if the Chiefs don't win the AFC. What matters is winning the AFC West. And even if that doesn't happen, don't be don't be pissed. Okay, you can't win it every single year. I know it feels like you can win the AFC West every single year, even if they don't make the playoffs. The Chiefs will make the playoffs. There's going to be a a feeling out process, a lot of new position groups, a lot of new rookies. Just get right when the season matters most. That's all that matters. Mm. Totally agree. The team that we will see at the end of the year will be vastly different than the team that we will watch Mm. in week one at Houston. If they win early, that's great. But what matters most is going to be the maturation and the growth of this offense and a brand new defense as they move forward. Who they are in week 17 is is really exciting to think about if things come together like we hope they would. Uh, Sterling, just one more minor note, and I just wanted to get your your take on it because um, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of competition among the pass catchers on this team. Uh, let's end on a good note here. Andy Reid said, "Hey, our boy Jody Fortson may have tore his Achilles last year, but we're looking forward to maybe getting him back as soon as OTAs. That would be like in the next couple of weeks." We may see Joe Fortson going up and grabbing some passes. Uh, are you excited by what Jody Fortson brings this year? Are you nervous about the Achilles taking away some of his ability? It seems a really good sign that he's ready this early. It's a great sign. You're not going to be disappointed, right? I, sure, there's some cautious optimism because anytime you tear your Achilles, that's a major injury. But guys will come back and maybe it takes him a while to get his foot in, even though he's medically cleared. Maybe it takes him a while to get his, his feet wet. Kevin Durant, right? That took him a little bit to get back to full strength, but I'm excited because Jody Fortune was a guy who was consistently on the outside looking in, finally found his way in, produced, and then got hurt. Let's see if he can pick up where he left off, even if it was over a year ago, and and see what he can do. Because Jody Fortune looked like a, I don't want to say a game changer, because that's unfair to to put that high of expectations, but he looked like a nice piece. He looked like someone who could make make some plays that was not Blake Bell, right? It, It wasn't just a blocking tight end. He was someone who could go out there, catch the ball, be a good red zone threat. I'm excited. If the Chiefs like a ton of their wide receivers, is Noah Gray's job in jeopardy? Yes. I think I'd agree. Well, I'm 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 keen on Fortson. I'm I'm anxious to see what he can bring as well. Honestly, I just feel that way about the Chiefs right now. I love what they've done in the draft. I like the overall depth. I think they're a little bit worse offensively than they were, but that's going to happen to any team that trades the best offensive weapon in the game. Overall, though, this, this team is primed for another run. Any announcements, anything else you wanna you wanna say before we get out of here? You guys are awesome. All the people commenting, all the people who leave reviews on basically anywhere, wherever you get your your, your podcast. I always see it on on uh, Apple. Thank you guys. It's fun talking in the Discord, even when it's the most random stuff possible, even when it's just books. But seriously, we we really appreciate you guys, and we could not be doing this without any of you guys listening, commenting, having fun with us, joking with us, calling us idiots, uh, ripping on Matt, making fun of my my hair sometimes because it looks like the the emoji kind of looks like a turd. Um, thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't agree with that take. I think Sterling has nice hair. I think the emoji looks nice too. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, yeah, I agree with Sterling. Thanks from all of us. Uh, we certainly appreciate you. There's so much, there's so much great Chiefs coverage out there these days. I enjoy it myself, so I know you do. There's a lot of ways to spend your time, so we appreciate you guys. Um, as always, come back Thursday night. The NFL schedule live stream will be here. Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, myself too. Uh, we'll be glad to have you. 
ask your questions and just hang out in general. But until then, we'll see you in a couple days. Thanks again. And thanks for listening. Go Chiefs. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.